I'm Stina. I'm Danielle. We want to focus on uh, television and movies in particular. Yes. Disclaimer that we are in no way film experts. A deep, like, dive. Be quiet. Whoa. I'm yelling. Back me up on this one. (laughs) Hey, you're listening to Two Girls Watch TV. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Two Girls Watch TV. I'm Danielle. And I'm Stina. Danielle. Christina. You know what I lost count of? Oh, no. What? The amount of sequence in the show we're about to talk about today. (laughs) (laughs) Can I tell you that I have a secret uh, New Year's... You have a secret? I have a secret New Year's resolution, and that is to wear more sequins. It is currently almost done with January I have not lived up to that resolution but by god I will find some sequins to wear I think if we ever do a live show you and I need to get red and black sequin blazers now is it like yours can be red with black lapels and mine will be black sequins with red lapels I love that I had the question about who's going to wear black and who's going to wear red, and you just cured yes. Just you can yes. wear the red. Thank you. I appreciate that. What if I want to wear the black? Yes, I'll wear the black. No, but, but I'll have the red um, the things. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I know. I know lapels. I know. But what if I want to wear the black? Say it again? But what if I want to wear the black? Then you can wear – you know what? That's fine because the amount of coffee that I drink and when I spill it, mm-hmm. I'll take the black lapels. This way if I spill coffee on myself, no one will know. I mean sequins, they don't really absorb. So No, the lapel is in sequins. It's like that silky fabric. Oh, I thought you yes. meant the, the lapel was sequined. Okay. Okay. So like a like a satin. Oh, a satin lapel. So if you want, I'll wear the red then and with the black lapel, with the black satin lapel. Okay. I I'll like it. Okay. All right. Sounds good. I'm gl- it's done. Now we just have to book it. <laughs> and also get the blazers. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, that's step one, get the blazers. Step two, book it. And speaking of booking, we should probably let our audience know what show we're going to talk about. Oh, yes, we should. <laughs> so today we are doing Hacks. Mm-hmm. This beautiful piece of art is on HBO Max. I'm so happy that we're getting, I'm getting just positive vibes from you right off the bat because I really do love this show. We've had this show on our list for a long time and we've just been pocketing it and pocketing it. And then you just started watching it and you were like, oh no, 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 no. We're doing this now, 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 now. I do this all the time where I'm told we got to watch this, we got to watch this, we got to watch this. And then I don't want to watch it because I know that I should be paying attention instead of just like passively watching it in my own time. And then it's like, then you start watching and you're like, damn it. Nope. I got to talk about this. I might, I have opinions. People are broken. People need to know. (laughs) We no longer just watch television out of sheer enjoyment. It's like, damn it. Now I got to talk about things. I know. I know. My most recent thing that I just did, which I fought with myself for a very long time about, was I just binged Euphoria. And that's another one that we have been just like pocketing and pocketing. And I really don't. I mean, I watched it. I really don't know how we're going to talk about it. I I still don't know know my feelings about it. You know what? You know what I want to do? I already know the opening because we had talked about this before. And I want very desperately 
to like have our opening segment be all of these videos on Instagram about people making fun of the show. <laughs> I've never seen people making fun of the show. Oh, I'll just start sending you shit. My algorithm is all just like, like, I think that my algorithm thinks that I'm a teenage girl based on the things that I look up because I get a lot of Taylor Swift and a lot of Euphoria edits. My algorithm? Diamonds and dogs. <laughs> well, because That's where we're at. <laughs> as soon as you get engaged, like, Pronovias gets on the phone and just starts sending you wedding dresses and diamonds. I have... I have not tried on, I wish they would send me diamonds. Did I miss something? Did I sign up for the wrong email blast? It's not even signing up for an email blast. It's just like Meta knows, oh, oh, Christina just got in, posted an engagement photo. Let's send her all the wedding content. Let's send her all the diamonds to her house. The only person that sent me a diamond was Dave. <laughs> I mean, I need to speak with somebody about this. <laughs> yeah, so quite something um so did you tell where this is streaming i did give me one second we can hear everything you're saying you who you left as you say down the hall yes so it hacks is on hbo max Deborah Vance, the OG female comic, is at a pivotal point in her career. But when the owner of the casino she performs nightly at wants to replace her with something newer, shinier, and better, or so he thinks, she's forced to hire a Gen Z writer to help her spruce up her act a bit in an effort to stay in the system of comedy and also to stay relevant. So at the Emmys... This had 15 nominations. Oh, I'm so sorry. We, I messed this up. What? Nominations. I just did my summary. I cut you off this time. It's sorry. Fine. It's fine. So 15 nominations. This was nominated for Best Comedy Series. Gene Smart won for Best Outstanding Lead Actress in a Comedy Series. Of course she did. Yeah. Yeah, of course she did. <laughs> uh, Hannah Eindbinder. Einbinder, I'm going to go with, no, was nominated for Best Supporting Actress in a Comedy Series. Uh, Carl Clemens Hopkins was nominated for Best Supporting Actor in a Comedy Series. And this one outstanding writing for a comedy series for the first episode, There Is No Line. At the Golden Globes, this one Best Musical or Comedy Series. Jean Smart won Best Television Actress, uh, Musical Comedy Series. And then Hannah Einbinder was nominated for Best Television uh, Actress, uh, Musical or Comedy Series. So, lots of accolades. So let's get into our characters. Our main character is veteran comedian Deborah Vance, played by the one, the only Jean Smart, um, who is being ousted from her Vegas re residency to bring in new... Her, to bring in new acts her agent jimmy played by paul downs who is the creator and who yes that is the guy <laughs> from broad city as soon as i saw him i was i forgot what his name was in broad city but he was the um the trainer that abby gets with oh my god yeah oh my god you're right yeah hello wow yeah and he's also the creator of the show Yes, I did. I did look that up because I read an article about possibly comparing Deborah Vance to um, 
Joan Rivers, which it's not entirely true. But go go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. So Deborah Vance's agent, Jimmy, uh, sends her a recently canceled writer, Ava, played by Hannah Einbinder, uh, to help beef up her jokes and gives Ava a job. Uh, Deborah manages her empire with the help of her fan turned COO Marcus, played by Carl Clemens Hopkins. Her house is managed by Josefina, played by Rose uh, Abdu, which you may be wondering, Daniel, why do you have her so uh, high up on this list? That is the woman who was in Gilmore Girls. She plays Gypsy. If you are in the Gilmore Girls fan verse, you know that that's Gypsy. Um, her assistant, Damien, played by Mark Indelcato who I kept wondering, like, why does he look so familiar? He played an ugly Betty. Ugly bunny. Ugly bunny. It is late. (laughs) I am sorry. Um, Her assistant, Damien, we talked about. uh, Her private blackjack dealer, Kiki, played by Poppy Lou. Uh, Deborah has a recovering addict turned jewelry designer daughter, DJ, played by Caitlin Olsen. Fantastic. Caitlin Olsen. It's, It's always sunny in Philadelphia. Come on. Come on. Come on. New girl, anyone? New girl? Come on. Um, and then Jimmy's assistant, who only has a job because of nepotism, is Kayla, played by Megan Stalter. And the owner of the hotel is Marty, played by Christopher McDonald, who, if you have ever watched um, Billy, Madis- Billy Madison, no, uh, Happy Gilmore, that is Shooter McGavin. Yes. So... For our climax, Marty tells Deborah that he is giving up her slots for her show uh, and is coming to an end. Uh, Ava has been hinting throughout the show that Deborah should change up her act and tell the truth and tell her real story. Um, after that meeting with Marty, Deborah is on board and she and Ava grow closer than ever, writing this new series, the new hour uh, comedy special. Uh, while finishing up the show, Kayla sets up a meeting for Ava with some British comedy writers in L.A. Uh, Ava jumps at the opportunity to move back to L.A., flies back there to take the meeting, and gels with the writers immediately until they say that she wants to u- they want to use Deborah as the mold for their main character for Bitch PM, and Ava has to spill all the horrible details about Deborah and basically slander her name. Uh, Ava tells them off in true Ava style and goes back to Vegas to help Deborah with her final show. Uh, Deborah finds out about Ava's meeting and turns on her and says that she will not do the new material. Uh, Ava reiterates what she said in the beginning, calling her a hack, and Deborah slaps her. While all this fallout is happening between uh, Ava and Deborah, Ava gets a call from her mother that her father has had another stroke and he, she needs to come home immediately. We see Ava drinking and smoking and popping zannies and playing the slots in the airport before calling Kay- Kayla for the writer's emails because she has some dirt on Deborah to get off her chest. Uh, we see Deborah promoting Marcus to CEO before her show and asking him which shoes to wear, the low practical ones or the glitzy heels. Marcus says the practical ones because it's not worth the pain. We also see Deborah open the present that Ava left behind. Ava had framed the Time magazine announcing Deborah's late night show. And then we finally get to Deborah Vance walking on stage and beginning to address the audience. Then we see a shot of her glitzy shoes she chose to wear, which signifies that she will be doing the new material. And then we just see the very beginning of it. Oh, you're right. Mm-hmm. I didn't even put that together. I like that a lot. Good point. Good point. Thank you. 
Way to go. Thank you. Deborah tells Ava after Ava's father passes and she is a part of the greatest eulogy of all time. She consoles Ava in her bedroom and tells her that she's going back on tour. They shake and Ava has agreed to go with her. Cut to Marcus sitting with his mom, half upset, telling her that he's now the CEO of the company. Cut to the PJ, private jet, where Ava gets a call from her agent about an email she sent to those British writers. End scene. That's it. They just left us. They just were like, bye. I went on IMDb. It looks like they're doing a season two. They better. They have some explaining to do. (laughs) They do. They really, really do. They embodied um, Lucy. And we are Ricky Ricardo. (laughs) That's what has happened here. You realize that, right? Yeah. Okay. So what did IMDb rate this? An 8.2 out of 10. The last episode, I think she will, was rated the highest at a 9 out of 10. Okay. I did not look up the Metacritic score. Sorry. It's fine. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes, the critics gave this 100%. The audience gave it an 87%. Why? The audience watched it with their eyes closed. Oh, oh, ho, ho, ho. You know what? You give your review because my review also segues into my highs, so. All right. This review is an 8 out of 10. Gene Smart is hilarious and in capital letters, no BS, and then a face like this at the end of it. You know, great podcasting material. Yes. in a podcast (laughs) oh man excellent i just smiled very heavily it's the colon d sign oh okay colon d that's why i went like that i did it again no noise (laughs) only audio great job christina have always loved jean like their besties and i and i like her character deborah i like that her character deborah decides to collaborate with ava in quotation marks Young, rude girl who doesn't have the value of wisdom, of age, and experience. It was hilarious how rude they were to each other, but then there's a lot of heart in this story as they both learn about and from each other. Kiki is totally adorable too, worth the binge for sure, and it ends with a semicolon D face. A lot of emoticons, because those are not emojis, those are emoticons. Well, clearly a Gen Z did not write this. No, no. And I want to also bet that a millennial didn't write this. I think this is a Gen Xer. Oh, no. It could have totally been an older millennial because that's what, that was flip phones. That was T9. That was AIM. We didn't have emojis on AIM. How many people really use semicolon D? Yeah, that's a that's a that's a stretch. That's a lot. That's a lot. But I think that I think we're back further. <laughs> so, you know what, Christina, I want to make you mad. So I picked this review. I know, I know. You always want to aggravate me. I don't understand what I did. <laughs> Stop getting so easily aggravated. Then maybe I won't try to do you it. You know what? You know what? I was thinking about this the other day because I started teaching that <laughs> podcasting course again in the book. I have to tell my students. They talk about like having, eventually they'll talk about having contrasting with hosts. And they say, you don't want people who have the same opinions. You want people who have like different opinions. 
And then I have to sit there and think about all the times that you aggravate me every single episode. <laughs> and it's like, no, this is good. This is good aggravation. It's important to have aggravation like this. I don't think we ever disagree. I just always get material that I know will aggravate you. Because you know what? You are... Portrait of a lady on fire. Portrait of a okay. lady on fire. Okay, yeah. That is... Okay. Pick one. Pick one. Never... I will never... I, I will... Okay. Today, right now... Uh, January 27th at 9.54 p.m. We're really showing our hand of what time we're recording this podcast because I'm just about to post this as soon as we hang up. Anyway. That's fine. Mark my words right now. I will never, ever suggest doing Pride and Prejudice on this podcast because I love that movie with all of my heart and you will tear it apart. And I don't want to do that. Why do you think that? (laughs) Because you tore apart Portrait of a Lady on Fire. I mean... Pride and Prejudice is not as, like, artsy as Portrait of a Lady on Fire, but I love that movie so much. The Keir Knightley version specifically, and the guy who plays Tom from Succession plays Mr. Darcy, and it's really weird, like, watching him as Tom because I just know him as really hot Mr. Darcy walking through the forest, like, about to be like, ah, Miss Bennet, be my wife, Be, be Mrs. Darcy. So, anyway, um... Okay, I need to read my review now because I think... I validly (laughs) tore that movie apart. And I also gave it kudos because I said that it looked like a painting. And maybe it's because they took for fucking ever to move the scene then they were moving so slow, but it still looked like a painting. And it was pretty. Still, I'm not... Read your review. Okay. (laughs) This is a half star out of five star reviews. Oh, God. (laughs) How this story should work is is a the Gen Zer a V Gen Zer is a the Gen Z character is, okay but they they just put one too many words in there too many articles okay <laughs> should grow from her interaction with the boomer instead it's the opposite complete young person complete young person wish fulfillment in which they are the smartest person in the room. Main character's flaw is simply being uh, too badass for the world to handle. Garbage. At one point, someone comments on how much the main character has changed. I never saw any change. I kept watching because the first episode showed how a writer and a comic worship a joke. It was an interesting glimpse into that world. Nothing like that had ever been... Nothing like that ever happened again. Just Dawson's Creek crap. Plot is predictable. (laughs) Show takes no chances. It's basically a female retailing of people funny. Of funny people. Oh my god, I'm really tired. Of funny people funny. (laughs) Of funny people. Uh, Its best episode is just a watered down leaving Las Vegas. Better things to watch. Smart is great as Joan Rivers, though. Okay, a lot to unpack here. But the biggest thing and one of my biggest highs are that Ava and Deborah, you know, Jean Smart and what's her name? Uh, Hannah Einbinder is what I've decided her last name is. Um... (laughs) They have such great chemistry and yeah. they 1000, those two characters 1000% grew throughout the show and they yeah. learned from each other. So I don't know what this 
moron is talking about because they 1000% grew. I, you, you have to, you have to accept the fact that Ava grew and I, I have to, I have to accept that because I could not stand her when I started watching this. I said to myself, I don't know who I dislike or tolerate less, Ava or Kayla, because they're both up there. Kayla's my low. Kayla is so annoying. I can't. I can't with her. I mean, I get it. I, I, I don't like either. I, I fully understand this agent's, like, you know, possible ulcer in season two. Yeah. Yeah. I hate Kayla. Oh, she's so annoying. I, I just, I, yeah, don't like Kayla. Don't like Kayla. But Ava, I agree. She was very annoying in the beginning, but she definitely grew on you as a character. And I think that she really developed as a character as the season progressed. Um, Paul Downs is so funny. I love seeing him doing things outside Broad City. This is fantastic. Um, the two episodes that I want to point out, which really made me like sick back and be like, yeah, I really like the show. Well, the end of the first episode where she, uh, where she like, they yell at each other and they make jokes and then she pulls them over and they like rewrite the joke. That got me. But episode five and episode six. Episode okay. five is the episode where Ava um, meets this guy and has this like amazing night, and then he winds up killing himself the next day. Like I was like, "What?" That told that episode changed my feeling on the show. In like, wow, this is a really good show. <laughs> like, and what's so interesting about that is, you know, Ava spent that whole night whole night talking about herself and then she realized that hey i was hanging out with a person who was blowing all of his cash uh frauded elder the elders and he was just found guilty and i did not ask him a single thing about myself himself what is wrong with me and i loved that um and then episode six immediately afterwards is when they go on the retreat and that's when uh, Ava and Deborah really get close together. And I think that it's such a funny episode when they mess with Perla. Perla is such a funny Oh my God. <laughs> so those two episodes really like sealed the deal, deal for me that I love the show. I, I really, really, really appreciated um, the growth that Deborah had in the comedy club when mm -hmm. she started to kind of craft her new material and then spent the entire show just taking a dump on the host who was like also just terrible yeah like not the fact that he was just like a sketchy guy or like super shady with his jokes that were only like kind of halfway hitting and everyone was like haha all right <laughs> moving right along now um I just feel like when you watch her grow where she's like, I'm not, Ava's like, I'm not trying to victim blame you or anything, but like, don't you feel like you should have done something? And she's like, Hey, whoa, like here are the other things that I did. And then she watches this asshole just like belittle this other comic. And then she goes on stage and dedicates her entire set to him. And I all him. And I also love that this episode is called 1.69 million. Yeah. Fantastic. Fantastic. That. And then the interview or interview, the end of that episode with the fish, chef's kiss. And I'll tell you why, because, and I'm not going to tell you what happens, 
but there's an episode in The Sopranos where somebody does something fishy and then everywhere you just see fish. Oh, and interesting. So, yeah, I saw it. I saw it there. That's probably the first time I like really saw and appreciated somebody using like the fish in that kind of way. And I was like, oh, this is really cool. And then when I saw it here, she has her holding it and then she fucking chops the head off. And I was like, oh my God, that's amazing. Because she knows that she something is kind of smelly here and she gets it and then she's just chopping fish and gutting them. And yeah. it was like, oh, this is like good symbolism. I didn't even pick that up, but that is a really, really good point. I didn't pick up the shoes. That's why we do this together. This is why we do this together. Um, this also just goes without saying, but I'm going to say it anyway. Oh my God. Deborah Vance has the best clothing in this movie or TV show. So much sequence. So little episodes. The black dress that she wore to DJ's 35th birthday. So good. I would wear the shit out of that. The dress that she wore to Marty's daughter's bat mitzvah. Oh my God. The black with the, the, the. The beadwork draping off that goes into gold. Oh, yes, 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 yes. I have a black and gold sequin dress. It doesn't look anything like that. But I bought it on Poshmark in the pandemic. And like, where where the fuck am I going? You know? So I just have the sequin dress hanging out my closet like, Christina, yep. try me on. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so now I'll think of, I'll channel my inner Deborah Vance the next time we wear sequins. Absolutely. My only low was that, mm. well, my low was Kayla. That, so not my only low. That Kayla was my low. But also my other low was that I kind of wish we got to hear more of her stand-up or at least like a montage of the stand-up. Yes. But I guess that at the end of the day, the point was not so much the material that they wrote together. It was that Deborah was putting herself out on a limb with her career and she bombed and she loved it because she has not bombed in so long. So it's an opportunity for her to grow even more because she's been at such a stalemate with her career. So I think that that was, that's the, that's the point. Mm -hmm. I get it. But I also wish that we could have heard some of the jokes that they wrote about, because I want to hear about the double foreclosure. I want to hear about DJ's first overdose and second overdose and the miss, whatever the hysterectomy. I want to hear it all. Well, you know what? I think maybe we will hear more of it in season two because she they kind of set it up where it needed to be worked on. Yeah. Um, which I thought was really well, – well, we'll wait till we get to the IRL moment. <laughs> we'll just wait. I also want to say that Ava's mother, though, I get it. I now get why Ava is the way that she is. Absolutely. So I also – Listen, the writing, the characters in this, I just thought it was all so good. Yep. Yep. And I didn't, I didn't expect it. Do you you understand why I texted you to be like, we need to do hacks? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I had always wanted to do it. I thought it was going to be like cute, but this was like really good. It was really, really good. Yeah. I don't know if I had any, I mean, I guess my love was also Kayla. I, but like. I, I hate the characters, but I understand why they're there. Yeah. So I can't, you know, like what level of hate is that? It's like, I need to hate you or do I hate to need you? I don't, I'm not really sure. Um, I don't really know if I had major lows. 
Um, what I didn't understand about Kate, like I understand Kayla being like very ditzy and you can tell that she's terribly underqualified for a job and she just has it because of her dad. But like the part where they were in the honeymoon suite and she was like trying to hit on like uh, Jimmy and like she was in her like her like underwear, her pajamas. I don't know that part. I'm like, I could have done without this. Like Paul Downs was was very good in that role. But I was just like, we don't need to hear this part. Like I want to get let's get to the meat and potatoes of what's going on right now. Yeah, it's like we all took a segue from Deborah and Ava to go have this scene, which kind of didn't need to be there. They could have shortened that bit and had him on the phone much earlier, like either trying, like leaving a message or something like that. But it was funny when she cut, he's like, why are you in lingerie? She goes, um, these are normal pajamas. He goes, why are you in normal pajamas? <laughs> like, I wish that it would have just like cut to him trying to make a phone call from there. Yeah. Cause that bit was funny. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that needed to be a little bit shorter. But otherwise, I thought that the writing was good. But I, I do agree with you. I would have liked to hear more of the comedy. I mean, we got a few of them. I really liked the montage that they did of her, like, you know, five different nights. And they show her in five different outfits. And then they mesh it into one. One of the openings mm-hmm. was like that for the show. Yeah. Um, I thought that was cool. I don't really necessarily know if, like, Ava's father needed to die. Um. I thought about that, but then, like, I don't know how else they would end it. Yeah, and also, the, I think the big thing at the end was that Deborah said she doesn't do funerals, but she flew all the way to wherever the hell Ava's from uh, to go to the funeral. So I think that uh, that was, like, a big thing for her, and it really showed that she does care for Ava, <clears throat> and yeah. this this lunatic over here said these characters don't grow. Puh! Yeah, he doesn't know what he's talking, or she, or no, it's they it. don't know what they're talking about. Yeah, exactly. What'd you eat? I had some Chinese food. I had some General Cho's chicken, to be exact, and egg roll. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I had an apple. <laughs> you're, well, almost, you're almost there. Not through all ten episodes. Um, let me backtrack. What did I have? I had an apple with the last episode that I watched, but the one before, let me tell you, I've been on my pork rinds game. I don't Mm. know if you're a fan, but I am a fan of pork rinds and I can have them on Whole30. (laughs) So I have been munching on those. What else did I have? I had a banana with um, almond butter, a couple episodes. I had potatoes. I made potato chips in oh, the nice. air fryer. Very nice. Um, so that was cool. Yeah. Can I ask you something? Sure. In episode six, when Ava orders the chocolate chip pancakes at the the retreat, did those not look really, really good? They did. But I mostly appreciated Deborah's line of, I came here to look better. <laughs> but then they, they wind up eating McDonald's anyway. It's well, they were high as a kite. Yeah, that that too. <laughs> they had the munchies. But I just the, those few jokes of like the generational divide were like just so good. It's sometimes it gets fed to us and it's not that good. But this was an example of it being really good. In Can my you give me an opinion. example of what it when it would be not good. I, none come to mind at the current okay. moment, but there okay. are definitely times where P- 
people, I don't know, I feel like they just throw it in to, like, make an easy joke where, like, this is much more thought out. Oh, you're talking about in this show or you're comparing the show to other shows? I'm comparing the show to other shows. Oh, okay. I was like, where is the... Where's the black hole she's talking about? What episode is it in? No, okay. no, no, no. I'm talking about in other shows, they'll just lazily compare generations to amplify their differences, where this, it's very thought out, and all the jokes hit, and they're funny. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I also really appreciate when she said um, that she was a Gen Zer. Yeah. Um, although, she's 25, so she might be on the cusp. Um, I don't know enough about the generations to make a comment, but... I thought they started in 2000, like if you were born in 2000. If she's 25, she was born 97, math, you know, but before before 2000. Is she? Yeah, I don't, I don't do math well either. Math. Math, math, you know, um, subtract. Yeah, no, she would be. No, it wouldn't be two thousand. No, ninety-seven, right? Yeah, because we're in the year twenty twenty-two. Well, that would be technically be twenty twenty-one. If she's twenty-five, subtract that from ninety-six. Yeah, so ninety-six. Yeah, I don't really know. I don't think that's. I think she's at the cusp of like she's like the the end of the millennials. Yeah, I really, I really don't know enough to to speak on it. I think I, I looked it up once, but I did not record in memory the the dates. But if you're in your late twenties, you're a millennial. But I do think it's funny. I think that uh, she did say there are some millennials that are forty because, yeah. Well, that's true. <laughs> yes, yeah, that it, is true. Yeah. So you're probably. I think you're probably looking at like fifteen years. I think you're looking at from twenty five to forty. Yeah, that would make sense. That makes sense. So she's really not. I found a low. That's my low. Oh. <laughs> eh, wrong. Eh. You get the you get the buzzer. Thank you. So not well, you. The, the, the show. Buzzer. Yeah, but once she said like I'm a Gen Z, I was like it all makes sense. That's why I can't stand anything you say, and that's how I know I'm getting old. <laughs> that and the wrinkles that stay on my forehead now when I look too surprised. Yeah, that's the forehead wrinkles are real. Oh, I have to practice crying like Deborah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't I move your forehead. My pants when I saw that. <laughs> oh my I'm gonna God. have to walk into my bridal shower like this. Oh. What bridal shower? <laughs> oh, sorry, the super secret event. Yeah, the super secret event that you know nothing about. I know nothing about the super secret event except that maybe we'll be playing a drinking game, and I'm excited for that. <laughs> so what was your expectation for this straight and simple i went in blind this is gonna sound terrible but i didn't expect it to be as funny as it was and it was so funny and it was so good and it was so quirky in all the right ways i hi if you haven't caught on i recommend this show (laughs) hey if your head's in the fucking sand take it out and put on hbo max so you can watch hacks you got max watch hacks (laughs) Let's go. So coffee's kicking in. It's ten fifteen. <laughs> so I had first heard about this. Well, I mean, I heard about it, but a uh, friend of the podcast, Danielle, who was on our My Cousin Vinny episode, never forget. Yes. 
Um, Hashtag never forget. Never forget my cousin Vinny. Uh, She suggested that I watch this. She's like, Danielle, watch Hacks. And I said, okay. I said, okay, Danielle. Which is fun because it's like I'm talking to myself. (laughs) That's a John Mulaney bit. (laughs) What? When he says that he has a friend named John. I know it sounds like I'm my only friend, but I'm not. (laughs) That is true. It is always go and find a friend who has your same exact name. It makes life a lot more fun. Um, and then I had watched Gene Smart win the Emmy for this. Oh, that's how long ago you watched it. Well, no, that's not how long ago I watched it. That's how long I heard about it because I knew that she was in the show because I watched her win right around the same time where she was also nominated for Mayor of Easttown. I had watched Mayor of Easttown first, watched the Emmys, and I'm like, oh, right, Gene Smart's in that show, Hacks, I should watch that. Danielle told me to watch it, so I should go and watch it. Um, I was also not expecting to like it as much as I did. I literally binged it the first time that I watched it, and it was like a no-phone show. Do you ever have shows where you just, like, don't look at your phone the whole time and it's fantastic? Honestly, I agree with you because I had to put my notes. I had to I had to hustle tonight. I had to put my notes together while I was watching the finale and I didn't want to do it. I yeah. didn't want to sit there and do something else while I was watching it. Yeah. I would agree with that statement. Yeah, it's it just it requires your full attention for a 35 minute comedy series on HBO. It's very shocking. Um, and because so I did it. I did the thing I always do. And you can yell at me for it. You can tell me to change. I'm not going to change. I binged it. I binged it. And then I was like, Danielle, not Danielle Letizia, Danielle Kobianki, do your notes. Do your notes. You're going to forget about it. Do your notes. Do your notes. And what did she do? She didn't do her notes. So today Uh I re-binged it and I did my notes. (laughs) Oh, my God. So I've watched this. I've watched this twice through. And I still really, really like it. I tried to pace myself with it because I I watched the pilot first and then I was like, I really want to savor this. I don't want to watch like all of it at once because it's so good. Nope. I watched it in a day. Twice. Did you have an IRL moment? Um, If I had Deborah Vance's money, I would (laughs) 1,000% have a fountain soda machine in my kitchen for just Diet Coke. That just is, Diet Coke. That it's is absolutely and caffeine free. Like the them taking the time to see Deborah change the CO2 can for that machine was probably my favorite scene in the whole thing. And you see her throughout the show getting Diet Coke, and then it ends with Ava ordering a Diet Coke to even signify that like Ava and Deborah like became friends at once, even though she's back in uh, LA. Like mm-hmm. absolutely fantastic. Also, just fountain soda Diet Coke is supreme. I went to the movies a few weekends ago. Wow. I know. I know. That's an old <laughs> that's an old timey statement there. I went to the movies and I got a diet. I put on my knickers and I went to the movies. <laughs> I got a Diet Coke and popcorn. Incredible. But they had one of those big like Coca-Cola machines where it's touchscreen and they have all the flavors in it. Mm. Yeah. So I did that. I did Future. Diet Coke. Diet Coke, but a little bit of Diet Coke vanilla in it. But oh my god. So Fantastic. We saw uh, the new Scream. Ah, uh, did you scream? Yeah, a little bit. It was okay. 
It was okay. I, I don't you have time to... You took Nicholas to see a horror movie? What happened? You took Nicholas to see a horror movie? Nicholas took me. He was supposed to go with someone else. Wow. He likes Scream. He does not like horror movies, but he likes the Scream franchise. Okay. So much That's so fair. that he even watches the Scream MTV series. Like, he likes the Scream franchise <laughs> that much. He is a dedicated fan. He really is. So, I just want to say, I've been to... Have you been to Las Vegas? No. I So, I went to Las Vegas a few years ago and walked all over Las Vegas. So, let me tell you that they are not kidding when they say it's 115 degrees outside. Because when I walked around, it was 111, 112, and we went in June. So definitely summers, it's absolutely super hot. I drove by that Elvis. Um, so I stayed in the stratosphere, which is at the nor- the very, very north end of the strip. And um, I think I was right by like one of those Elvis tunnel of love, you know, marriage things. Yeah. Um, so I definitely like, we definitely walked past that while we were walking up the, down the strip. Yeah. I just want to say, I've never seen the passing of drugs that easily in Las Vegas. And I was in like all of the major hotels, like watching poker tournaments, um, just sitting on a couple slot machines, going in and out to watch comedy shows. So like I was a not a part, but I like, we definitely like saw a bunch of comedy shows. We were, we became a part of that scene by going to shows. We were in the casino. Never have I, and never have I seen anyone be like, Hey, cocaine. Hey, take this Xanax. Like, no, it was not, we're not trading Xanax for cigarettes. Like that was not a thing. The, the more important question that I have for you though is did you mm. ever see someone piss and shit themselves because they were on such a roll that they didn't want to get up? No, I have not. <laughs> no, I have not. And I really yeah, that was not yeah. Like I love how Ava's like, guys, I'm funny. Here's this terrible joke. I also love that when she was on that date with George and he had his last $100, her only thought was to go to the Ace Ventura slot machine. Mm-hmm. Of all the slot machines. Oh. Fantastic. Love Ace Ventura. It reminded me of um, the Atlantic City episode of What We Do in the Shadows when they were playing the Big Bang Theory <laughs> slot machine. <laughs> I can't. I love that show so much. Uh, uh. So we got two shows that we really love. Oh, love it so much. Chef's kiss. I also want to say just really quickly for another IRL moment. Um, I've bombed on stage quite a bit and watching this has made me really want to, I haven't, I haven't done comedy since the pandemic. Yeah. I had stopped like maybe a week, a week and a half before everything shut down and I haven't been back since. And this is like making me itch cause I've been working on like some new material And, like, just at the end, I don't know, it just made me feel, like, comforted. Because I can understand, like, so my, one of my very first jokes, which I'm not going to say, because it has something to do with the current occupation that I have right now. And when I switch careers, I'll gladly tell it on this podcast. Um, It took me, like, six months 
to just go at least once a week and just work that joke and change my pitch and change the punchline. And I have punchlines for the rec, by the, by the way, and tags along the way. But to be able to like tell the story and figure out my role in it and figure out who I wanted to use as like a victim to make fun of in the bit because it was making fun of somebody, a general type of person in the, in the bit. Um, it, it, I, honestly, I told that joke for a year and I say a year because it took me six months to make it. And then I said it, I coasted with it for another six months. Mm -hmm. And so when I didn't, I don't really book a whole lot of shows at all, but whenever I would book a show, I'd be like, all right, this is going to be my opening. Cause you want to do a good opening and you want to do a good closing. And then like, if you, if you experiment with shit, it's somewhere in the middle. Yeah. Like the one show that you came to see me at, that whole joke about alliterations I wrote <laughs> while I was peeing at work that day. And I was like, I'm going to write a joke right now. And I just happened to have like post-it notes in my pocketbook. And I was like writing down and <laughs> on a post-it note. And I'm like, save, flush, <laughs> go back to work. Um, the, the creative process. <laughs> it is. It's, you know, toilet thoughts. <laughs> you heard of shower thoughts, but have you heard of toilet thoughts? Oh my goodness. And so I just feel like, I don't know what it's like to to not feel bombing on stage like every once in a while. Like I've never gotten to the point where I'm like, what's it like to bomb? I forgot. Yeah. Um, I don't think I'll ever get there. But it's really important to like know that I think when you know that the material is going to work and you just have to put it together, I think that's a really good place to be. Yeah. And there have been a couple of jokes where people, and that joke that I worked on, people helped me workshop it. And they said it, they were like, it's here. You just have to find it. And that's such a beautiful thing to have with any kind of writing. It's there. You just have to find it. Like you just have to piece it together. Yeah. Um, and then, and then you just get to reap the rewards by reading it over again or telling it on stage. And so I think that's just a beautiful part of the process. You know, from all the times that I bombed on stage. That's a, that's a great way to close it out, I think. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> no, I'm saying, you know, getting some insight into the comedic life to, to be oh, on yeah, the stage. Oh, yeah, just me, professional comic. <laughs> it's some um, great insights from you. I liked it. Yeah, this is going to make me start doing stand-up again. I just have to find the time. There's no time. You know, between planning a wedding and... Eh, whatever. You don't, You all don't need to know. You already know. And if you don't know, now you know. If you don't know and you'd like to know, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Hey It's Two Girls. I'm on Instagram and Twitter at Classicstina. Danielle's on Instagram at Danielle Kobianki. If you want to know more things, tell us through email at twogirlswatchtv at gmail.com. Two is spelled out T-W-O. Check out the blog Beer Coffee Donuts and the YouTube channel Two Girls Drink Beer. It's almost Feb Brewery. We're coming to you with new beer videos soon, but not quite yet. Okay. All right, everyone. Enjoy the rest of your weekends, and we will catch you next week. Bye. Bye. What's up?